0: Maybe big data has gotten too big. Whether you're a B2B marketer or a consumer brand, your data needs to be viable, relevant and accessible so that Starista can help you retain customers, acquire customers and make it personal.
1: Welcome to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista, probably the most entertaining marketing podcast you're going to put in your ear. I'm Vin, the producer here at Starista. The goal of this podcast is to chat with industry leaders and get their take on the current challenges of the market. and. We'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, Jonas Ng, Chief Operating Officer at Laurel Road, chats with AJ and Vincent about focusing on the needs of a particular target segment and how you can potentially grow interest in other products and services. Give it a listen.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Sturista's the Marketing Stir. I, of course, am your host, Vincent Petrofessa. The Vice President of B2B products and partnerships here at starista still interim general manager. it's not on my card yet but i'm going to put it on, I have a, a story about business cards in a second that i'll get to and i'm going to bring up my. Co host about it, I have a bone to pick with him over business cards, but ladies and gentlemen it's great to be here. Before we get started, let's just talk about Sturista for like three seconds. That's all. Well, a little longer than three seconds, but that's it. We don't talk about, we don't get into advertising here, but just so you know who we are, Starista. We are a marketing technology company. We own our own business-to-business data, our own business-to-consumer data. We help companies access that data through our technology. We have our own email sending. We have our own DSP. We can help you get new customers. Who doesn't want that? people want that email me vincent at that is how confident I am I just gave you my email address and boy do you use it you certainly do now that's how you know you have listeners when people use your email and reference the podcast that is a good thing another good thing a great thing actually my leader here ladies and gentlemen I don't know why my voice just did that thing but it's excitement my CEO my co-host, Mr. A.J. Gupta.
0: What's going on, A.J.? Hey, Vincent. Doing pretty good here. Just uh, recovering from my uh, bourbon trail and uh, my birthday vineyard drinking. So my body can barely handle alcohol right now. Is what I'll say.
2: I know you had a great, uh, great birthday. Shout out. Happy birthday to A.J. It was a couple of days ago uh is this the 12th to 29th birthday is that it is that how you're billing it these days
0: yeah 28 was uh, getting a little suspicious so I started saying 29. Yeah. yeah right in the border right in the border of just you know I'm uh,
2: still fun are you though but yes it's uh I'm sorry I missed that trip it seemed like a lot of fun but yes another birthday doing a lot of great things there at Sarista. We announced a couple you know couple acquisitions we're growing growing's good growing in this time come on
0: yeah it's uh, pretty crazy right we've gone from i don't know probably about 40 people when you started three years ago now we are over 150 so Pretty crazy to think about. Yeah,
2: that's right. I didn't even think about it. I was always telling. I was like, no, we went from four. I was like employee forty-one, and now eighty. I was then. It was like eighty-something, and now this. This is great. Yes, four years. June is coming up on four years. That's Terista AJ. Four years. All right. I
0: four. you there.
2: Shortchanging me. You know, I've known you for thirteen years. But four yeah. years as an amazing yeah, one the,
0: see. Uh, we're, we're doing the uh, virtual orientations this week. I don't know if you've done yours. yet. But... I've done
2: it. I've done uh, it. Okay. People. Yeah. There
0: were 39 oh. people there. So, holy how I,
2: I know I'm like, this is an audience. I was doing my orientation <laughs> about our B2B services, our B2B products. Probably very entertaining as they said, very entertaining, but yes, four years ago, uh, in June, AJ made one of the greatest decisions of his entire life and that is to bring on your, yours truly and uh you know he regrets it ever ever since he regrets it ever since
0: but oh, I, what i admire most about you is your humility <laughs> yeah people people say that
2: about me a lot you know but it's uh, it's great so the bone to pick right we're at conferences now people are back business cards they should be back i gave a few people my business card you would have thought marketing stir audience that, you know, I don't know. I pulled out something like a stink bomb or something. Uh, if people, AJ was like, what are you doing? Giving out your, I was like, business cards, they still exist. Why not give a hard, give a card. Come on. I encourage everyone to get, keep printers in business, get them, uh, get a card. But yeah, it was yeah, uh, I think, uh, went crazy on crazy.
0: I think you have uh, brought back a old tradition. I uh, told the uh, sales team they can have business cards again. Yeah.
2: Nice, I love it. Uh, yeah, I, I still have a lot of them. I haven't run out and put my interim general manager title on there yet, but uh, you know it's it's happening. I'm gonna give out a lot of cards, and we're gonna get that on there. But enough about that, AJ. All the great stuff we're doing at Starista. A great guest. We have great guests. I really enjoyed talking to this guest. I met him before, not in person. We're gonna change that. We're gonna change that. But uh, very interesting story, very interesting things that they're doing there. Ladies and gentlemen, a warm welcome. Jonas Ng, he is the Chief Operating Officer at Laurel Road. Jonas Ng, what's going on, Jonas?
1: Hey, Vincent, how are you?
2: Doing great, doing great. It is, uh, we will change that. We will meet in person. Sounds great. I haven't met a ton of the guests that we have on here, but what we do, it's great. We have fun, we've already shared. We already shared time of our life, right? Uh, Times of our, not the time of your life. I'm sure this is not the time of your life, but we shared some time in our life. But Jonas, it's good to have you here. Jonas, tell us about, so Laurel Road, you know, people might've heard of it, but talk to us about Laurel Road, backstory, people may know who it's connected to. So I'd love to hear that.
1: Sure. Well, first off, Vincent and AJ, thank you so much for having me. Uh, I think that the podcast that you guys are producing have been fantastic. So I really appreciate you having me on board, and I'm excited about the discussion. And before I hit your question, I'll give you a funny anecdotal comment about your business card (laughs) mention. But... (laughs) My email inbox is so overloaded. Uh, I have voicemails that I haven't listened to for weeks now. And with a bit of perverse and historical irony, if you actually want to get a hold of me, the actually the way to maybe capture my attention is to give me something physically, right? To hand me something, to mail me something, because it's really hard to break through an email these days, but an actual hand-delivered card of some sort or a letter of some sort, that's old-fashioned, yeah, but it's actually a way to stand out at this point, certainly to get my attention. I love but, it. Uh, you, heard, you heard it
2: here. You heard it here, AJ. <laughs> yeah, you're actually that, another person said that too, Jonas. Thank you for backing me up there.
1: Yeah, yeah, it sounds like you guys are incubating a, a business card printing business on the side, but that's a, we'll plug it. We'll plug you, but uh, I'll answer your question you know, really quickly. My, my name is Jonas Hang and I serve as the COO for Lowell Road, which is a division of KeyBank. So I think some of your listeners might be familiar with T-Bank. bank is a regional bank, and here in the United States, we have a branch presence in 17 states throughout the industrial north, the midwest, a little bit of the northeast, and then all the way out to the Pacific northwest, and then the west. And so four years ago, T-Bank actually acquired a fintech out of New York called Law Road. And... Low Road was actually a small business, a, f- a FinTech that was catering to medical professionals and was focused on student lending in particular. These were two things that we were Key Bank was very, very much interested, very much aligned to KeyBank's strategy. Number one, it was focused on healthcare professionals, which was chance of matter a core of what we were trying to do. And number two, it was a it was a, an entry into the student loan business, which was a business a lending business that we very much wanted to enter. Um, a couple of interesting things actually as an anecdotal sidebar, but you know, with the acquisition of Laurel Road, Vincent, KeyBank's executive team actually embarked on a small social experiment, if you will. So unlike the previous acquisitions that KeyBank had made, he decided to leave most of Laurel Road intact. So usually in the past, uh, after an acquisition, most of those individual components would be divided up and then reorganized under the corporate flagship. So think marketing or technology or operations. With this particular acquisition, we try, we chose to do some things differently because historically, the breaking up of the acquisition would effectively kind of dissolve whatever made them special in the first place, right? Whatever made them attractive to buy, uh, you know, from the get-go. So with Lowell Road, we intentionally chose to leave things intact. In and everything that touches the customer or the customer experience, such as branding or marketing or pricing or engineering and user experience and so on, those are all still organized under Lowell Road. So about a year ago, I had been with KeyBank for four years. I was asked to join the Lowell Road leadership team to lead operations, credit and underwriting, customer service, risk management, quality control, sales, servicing, things of that nature.
2: And Jonas, talk to us about how you've always kind of been in connected to the banking industry, right? You know, like you said, now Laurel Road, Key Bank, uh, before that was Nationwide, right? And uh, what drew you to that? How did you kind of get involved in it?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I think if you had asked the previous, uh, you know, high school or college, version of myself, I'm not entirely sure I would have said that I would have spent <laughs> the next 25 to 30 years in, in banking. I think I, I kind of stumbled into it after college or maybe so, uh, the last year of college. Um, there was a, a a credit card company that had this great rotation program where you got to see like the entire business over the course of a year to two. And I'll speak very frankly, I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And I thought that, you know, kind of seeing all these different rotations, seeing how an entire business ran might actually give me a sense as to like what I might want to choose for, you know, my, my career path. I will say that seeing all those different rotations, it absolutely showed me what I didn't want to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And over the course of the the, the next couple of years, every, every opportunity, every job that I took, it would open up a new door, right? So maybe I was working with you and you and I were working on something in marketing together. So it opened up some marketing avenues, or we might do things in credit or in fraud. So every opportunity kind of just led to the next step and then the next step after that. So I guess the reality is I'm not a whole lot different than how I was when I was a college senior. I probably still don't really know what I want to do with my life. <laughs>
0: Jonas, what are some of the challenges that you face as a chief operating officer and how are you uh, able to overcome them?
1: Yeah, AJ, I think that's a, that's a great question. And my guess is a lot of your listeners are probably gonna have very, very similar stories or similar, similar experiences and so on. The number one hardest thing that we are, are tackling at Law Road is responding to a changing dynamic in the marketplace or in our business. In the banking world, again, a lot of your listeners are probably dealing with this, but rates. Interest rates have risen faster and higher than I've ever personally seen in my entire lifetime. And we're just coming out of a pandemic that lasted a couple of years. I had never seen this before. I I would imagine many of your listeners haven't either, but we were locked in our houses for for months, right? Well, the rate changes and the macroeconomic changes have fundamentally shifted. A lot of the things that we do in banking generally, what we're doing in lending, what we're doing at Lowell Road, and what we're seeing with our our target customer base. And so that's had a a massive impact on what we're doing on a day-to-day basis. We've had to pivot. We've had to adjust. We've had to adapt. We've had to change our products, our marketing, our approach, our messaging, how we are delivering and so on and so forth to all of these dynamic changes in our business model. And this means that you are inherently acknowledging, you know, what got you here is not gonna be what gets you there. While Law Road is tackling all these different changes in our business direction, this has a huge impact, AJ, on, on the team, on the culture, and on our organization. We are having to change quickly and significantly. It's very taxing on people. We're asking our team members to learn new things, cross-training. We're trying to ask them to, frankly, do something that they may not have even been remotely hired for, something totally different. By the way, not every pivot that we're making is actually working, so we're also asking them to be resilient, keep at it, keep trying new things, fail, fail fast, learn quickly. It really reminds me, or it probably reminds a lot of your, your listeners that as leaders, as one of the leaders of the Lowell Road business, my job is to find more and more ways to keep our people engaged, to keep them energized, while we go through this massive amount of disruption. Otherwise, there's a real risk that they become exhausted, or actually even worse, they become checked out.
0: That's pretty good points, Jonas. Uh, on the flip side of it, uh, obviously, you, in spite of all of the challenges, you love working. Uh, so what is the, kind of your favorite part of the, the job?
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And I think it really is it, it, it's fundamentally based upon how I describe what KeyBank and Lowell Road are doing right now. So in some ways, Lowell Road is a separate entity. We act and we operate autonomously. In other ways, we're actually a microcosm of like the much, much larger KeyBank. And so we have similar products, we have a, a mirror, or a smaller version of almost everything that we do in the bigger corporate entity, right, in the, in the mothership. So my role is involving a whole number of facets of running a, a banking unit that are very exciting, they're very, very challenging, right? So we see it all, we've got to solve it all. And that to me is uh, invigorating, right? I, I kind of thrive on having those day-to-day challenges that are are constantly evolving. But there's also something else interesting, AJ. You know, Laurel Road is a almost a smaller company inside a much larger company, right? So there is a small entity that operates somewhat independently as part of a bigger company. We actually still have a very startup FinTech ethos in the, in the Laurel Road DNA, right? So we are still kind of acting like a startup, even though we're part of a very, very large company. So even though we're a small company and a large company at the same time, it's like the best of both worlds. So on the one hand, if you think about KeyBank, we have we have a, a balance, sheet, we have capital, we have a customer base, we have deep expert experience and expertise, we have things like employee development and a strong HR support of our employee base. That comes from the larger company, right? That's also infused with the Startup part of like the lower road side of things, where we can be dynamic, we can be nimble, we can move quickly, we can try new things. We're oftentimes the testing ground for new innovation or new capabilities that show promise for the broader key bank. So I guess Adrian, my my long answer to your question is that my favorite part is actually having the best of both worlds, right? You get to be dynamic and entrepreneurial, but I don't have to worry about my benefits plan. It's pretty good. <laughs>
2: Uh, Jonas, let, let's talk about Laurel Road in, in itself, right? Places a strong emphasis on financial education, offers resources to its customers. Why is that so important, financial literacy these days?
1: Yeah, I, you know, Vincent, you're, you're asking about something that I think is something that the entire country really needs to kind of address. So our KeyBank, our mission at KeyBank is to empower our clients, and our communities, and our employees to thrive. So we define it as no matter who you are or where you are in your financial journey, whatever barriers are in front of you, we're going to help you. We're going to help you tackle them. We're going to help you move forward. The problem is that both financial education and financial literacy are, are tantamount, to people thriving. In order to achieve wellness, you really need to have a good understanding, a good mastery of just the basics of money, the basics of finance. Just This is actually just two weeks ago. Um, some of your listeners might have seen this, but CNBC was reporting that three out of four Americans, it was 77%. 77% of Americans actually report feeling anxious about their financial situation. And the, the the financial worries that Americans have, they span a whole range of issues. It could be about saving and retirement. It could be about paying for college or a kid's education. It could be about buying a house or... You know, maybe for Vincent and you and AJ, you know, I like mean, buying a boat or buying a you know multiple uh, multiple boats, right? The anxiety comes from a variety of different things, right? In fact, actually, um, a few years back, the Federal Reserve does a survey. They ask five basic questions of, of uh, tens of thousands of Americans, and at the time, two out of three Americans got three out of them wrong. They couldn't. They only, They didn't get more than two questions right. And these are basic questions. There are basic questions about financial literacy, things like interest rates, compounding interest, the impact of inflation, the cost of a loan when it, over, over over the life of that loan, and also diversification. just like a basic concept around diversification. Three-fifths of Americans couldn't answer those questions. So we just we feel like key banks. I mean the first task or the first the first step in tackling these very, very stressful topics is just starting with awareness right? Just basic foundational education. You've got to understand the fundamentals of money and how it can lead you to your goals. Here's something else to think about. People's emotional and physical health are inextricably kind of intertwined with financial wellness. I'll put it a different way. Money, and money stresses us all out, right? Actually, next to cheating and communication problems, it's the number one cause of divorce in this country, Mm -hmm. money problems. So we just frankly believe that when you have customers who they understand the basics of money, it just relieves them of financial stress, money stress, and that's good for them. And when it's good for them, that's generally speaking good for us. It's good for business, right? So when you're financially well, you're, you're doing business longer with Key Bank and Lowell Rose. that's good for everybody.
2: Uh, I, I definitely agree, but you guys even go beyond that, Jodas, beyond financial products, financial literacy, that education there. You're also helping customers with like career development resources. Yeah. Talk to us about that. Like, what's, what's like the reasoning behind this approach uh, and and how it kind of fits into your broader mission.
1: Yeah. I, I know it sounds a little strange. You're actually not the first person that's asked me about that. You know, they, like I say, you're, you know, you're lending, you're in banking. Why, what are you doing about telling people about career development? Yeah, I think our answer to your question is Law Road actually has a submission from KeyBank's broader mission. Uh, our mission at Law Road is to kind of give members financial peace of mind, right? It's the same concept, but healthcare professionals in particular, they have very, very unique challenges, right? So typically they have gone through many, many years of schooling and, uh, you know, delayed gratification as they put themselves through school with doctors. After mid school, they're going into residency or internships or fellowships. So that's a solid, you know, decade of, of education before you can actually start yielding and 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 benefiting from the fruits of your, your education. Their lives are actually impacted by some pretty stressful demands. Think about it in the pandemic, Vincent. They're first line employees. They're right on the front line of this pandemic of of COVID. Um, you know, their their jobs. Are incredibly stressful. It wears on them, just the day-to-day stresses of you know caring for people's health. Additionally, they, you know, they have um, really been kind of delaying the start of their career fully 10 to 15 years after the rest of us, right? So they're kind of entering the workforce well after we have established themselves ourselves. So Laurel wrote at its basic core, you know, we help them out with personalization and some advice. Financial counsel, we give them some tailored products and perks and things of that nature. But there's a there's a more subtle concept here. When it comes to uh, the healthcare professionals that we t- try to serve, right, their financial wellness is actually very, very much hand or it's very much intertwined with their career and their career development. That's something that we kind of realized over over the years. They make financial decisions based upon that career path and their family needs. And where they are in their, in their life journey and their lifestyle and their personality, right? Are they going to be the kind of people that join a medical practice? Or are they going to start their own practice? Are they going to go for continuing education? Are they going to be a teaching doctor and so on and so forth? So the point there is that their financial decisions, their financial thriving is actually pretty much hand in hand with a lot of those career choices that they're making. So we just generally believe we're going to help you with both, right? We could be helping you with making the right financial slash career choices. We're going to help you potentially with skill building or ongoing education, right? Continuing to further venture education, which generally leads to increased earning potential, right? With increased earning potential, you know, like that, we can help, that, uh, help with that as well, right? So they go hand in hand.
0: Dennis, we don't always have... Uh... Guest from the financial sector, so I have to ask you this one. What is your advice uh, for people considering refinancing their student loans or taking out a personal loan at this point?
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's a good question, AJ. And let's just start out by saying it is a very complex world right now. And I'm, I'm pro- I might be a little bit older than some of your listeners. When I went to college, getting a, a student loan and then refinancing was pretty... It was pretty much like dictated to you, right? I went to college, and they said, "Here's the lender; you get a loan from them." And then I graduated six months later, just started repaying. It took me all ten years, and I paid them off, right? I just I followed orders. the The ecosystem these days, it actually goes back to about 2010, is considerably different than when I went to college. And so at this point, customers and, and borrowers have tons of questions about repayment, how to repay, um, you know. how how much can I afford to repay and so on. And actually since I went to school, there's been a number of things that have been introduced into the ecosystem that make it even more complex. For example, roughly uh, around 2008, 2010, the government installed a new program, private lenders, I got my loan from Great Lakes, I think, and Sally Mae, that has changed. In the last 13 years or so, you get get the loan directly from the government at this point. And they guarantee that if you're going to school, they will guarantee your loans. So afterwards, AJ, there's a whole bunch of nuanced things that you have to consider, right, after you are repaying. Do you stay with a government program or do you actually consider going to a private lender like a Lowell Road or a, uh, a, you, a citizen's bank or something of that nature? The other thing is that there's programs around tying your loan repayments based upon how much you actually make in income, income-driven repayment programs. These add a lot of complexity because there's actually multiple IDR programs that the government offers. Actually, something that we are specialists in, actually we specialize in these programs, are called public service loan forgiveness. So a couple decades ago, the government installed some programs that said if you work for a qualifying government entity or a nonprofit and you make payments for 10 years, after 10 years, the rest of your debt is forgiven. So... The long story, short, AJ, is we tell everybody it can be very complex. It can be pretty complicated. It's kind of intimidating, quite frankly, to the average borrower who's not in banking. This stuff is just confusing. And who has time to read everything published by the you know federal government about what's going on and hear all the different nuances of what you need to do on your student loan. We actually have a consultation service that I'd love to kind of plug to your listeners, we, um, we acquired a company about a year ago called Gradfin. And with Gradfin, you can get a personalized plan. It's a free consultation, 30 minute consultation with a student loan specialist. And they talk to you agnostically and objectively through all of your options to find the best approach that works for your goals. And we help our customers either refinance to a lower payment or get out of debt sooner or get enrolled in one of these programs. We actually, we provide a service where we will successfully monitor for you and just say, hey, since you're doing everything right, keep at it, you got five more years, here's my reminder, here are all the things that you need to keep doing, keep at it. We provide all those services to these customers who, quite frankly, it's just a pain to try and keep yourself educated on all the crazy nuances about student learning. It's a complex world, so that's what we're here for.
0: And Jonas, you have such a cheery disposition talking about very complex uh, topics. So I'd love to know, you know, what helps you stay motivated and inspired?
1: Yeah, this is, uh, I'll answer in a personal way and then how about a professional way? (laughs) So in a personal way, you know, in order to manage my own stress and, you know, keep myself motivated, I actually play a whole bunch of different musical instruments. So, you know, if... uh, if I come home and the day is, was particularly grueling or stressful or just tiring, I'll go home and I'll, I'll, I'll bang out something on the guitar or, or I'll, play, uh, I'll play the piano, I'll play my saxophone. My wife actually will joke, she can kind of tell what kind of day I had by the music that I'm playing. <laughs> so like, if I'm just smashing down on my, my piano and I'm playing like angry rock and roll, she can kind of tell it was a frustrating day. Or if I'm playing... <laughs> a really like melancholy piece of classical music, she kind of just knows to stay away. And She'll you bring me a glass of wine, maybe some food, right? And, but she can kind of tell like what my day has been. But um, about this professionally? I'll say this, I actually got this advice almost 25 years ago from an old mentor. And it was when I was first starting out in my career, he actually, he suggested that in, at every stage of your career, at every stage of your life, frankly, you should surround yourself with your own board of directors, your own career advisors. He actually called it a circle of winners. Um, so my friends and I, we did this. We called ourselves the circle of losers, but his his message was you should try and have yourself you know surrounded by people who will help keep your energy levels up, especially when things are tough, especially when times are, are very trying because Those are the folks that are there to, you know, box you or to motivate you or to counsel you or to listen or to compel you, to drive you, to push you, right? Or to make fun of you, actually. I'm I'm imagining if it's Victor, you know, he's going to definitely, or Vincent, he's going to definitely make fun of you, right? (laughs) Um, So, you know, in this day and age, especially when we're actually not even remote, we're like, we're not even interacting face-to-face. We're doing this over a Zoom call it's good to kind of have those human interactions because those are what kind of drive your mojo, right? Those are the ones that are going to keep pushing your energy levels up higher. Uh, as an example, so here at KeyBank and at Law Road, there is a loose confederation of, of folks that I've met over the five years that I've been here that we try to maintain regular touch bases, sometimes as a group, sometimes individually. We, uh, we call the group Team GSDs. It's basically the team of folks who know how to get stuff done around here and seeing them in action, you know, it can't help, but just motivate you and drive you as well.
2: Uh, Jonas, I, yeah, you saw me. I was pointing to myself. I'm like, yes, I'm, uh, I, I, am I that guy for you, AJ try to keep you motivated with positivity or I, um, <laughs> I'm the negative guy in your,
0: in your I, life? I think, uh, uh... I think you have enough positive energy for the whole company. So.
2: Thank you. Thank you. I, I try to be positive. You know, it's funny, Jonas. You said the, uh, you know, the circle of losers is like, uh, me and a group of people in this industry, we call ourselves the thousandaires club, you know, <laughs> not like the millionaires or, or the billionaires. It's like the thousandaires. It's a bunch of just people from, uh, this, this, uh, industry here. And we have like thousand dinner and it's like, how do I join? It's like, well, do you at least make a thousand dollars a year? Sure. It's just kind of a joke on like thriving to be more. So I I, I love that take on it. So Jonas, you said, uh, you said grad fin is the uh, grad fin. That's, that's one area there that certainly separates you, but you know, kind of the last Laurel road question before we get into some, some personal questions some fun questions, what else would you say differentiates? Laurel Road, from some of the competitors, right? It's kind of a crowded space, right? But what's separating you? Gradfin's certainly one of them.
1: Yeah, I don't, um, I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, Vincent, this is a competitive business, and there are a lot of players, and there are some very formidable competitors that we go head-to-head with. And, uh, you know, we, are, we look at them with awe and inspiration sometimes. And It's a tough, it's a challenging business at times. And at the end of the day, I think our answer to the, your question is we just gotta pick our spot. Right. Our CEO, he's always reminding us at Key Bank and Lowell Road. He he'll mention this to Wall Street all the time. We are at Key Bank and at Lowell Road, we're going for targeted scale. Right. It's in a highly competitive business, you just you focus on the needs of your particular particular target customer, your target segment. And hopefully what you can do is. You you find a way to do business with them. They really enjoy that experience. You get a little bit of a halo effect because they enjoyed not only your what you were able to do for them, but you know your products and your servicing and so on. And they're willing to give you a chance to potentially consider others uh, other of your products and services. So at Key and Laurel Road, this is exactly what we're doing. We we strategically go after healthcare workers and and healthcare professionals, and we we promise them that we're going to try and, and do things fairly agnostically to help them thrive, right? We just, we can't do, we simply just can't do everything for everyone. So that's where we take our spot. We focus in, we zero in on that particular target customer, and then we tailor products and servicing and messaging and so on for their needs. Now, as a secondary part of that, there's another part, like and, and I, it would probably be remiss of me to say, like, we are also, investing in any number of uh, innovations, uh, new capabilities, and so on and so forth, because we're constantly trying to find ways to personalize our experience with the customers and make it a seamless and frictionless interaction with us. So we're just trying to constantly be better than the next guy in every time that the customer is interacting with us. So it's not just about you know saving a lot of money or having a great value, but also you're going to interact with us and you're going to love it.
2: No, I like that, and uh, yeah, doing a lot of great things there. You rarely hear of any financial financial institutions doing that. uh, Career development, financial literacy, helping grad students, uh, you know, agnostically. So keep up the great work there, Jonas. Let's ask one of our staple questions. And if I Mm -hmm. don't ask this question, boy, will I get emails? Boy, will I get people coming up to me at these conferences after I give them a business card and saying you forgot the LinkedIn question.
1: We may already know
2: the answer. Maybe it is sending you a physical piece of paper with a card, but LinkedIn, you know, COO, Laurel Road, right? You're probably getting a lot of people soliciting you with emails via LinkedIn. What's a message that resonates with you? Or, and which one, what is one that you just hate?
1: Yeah, it's a, great, it's a great call out because I think we all need to kind of acknowledge, I think a lot of your listeners are probably going to be nodding their heads. LinkedIn has become a, a very critical, very valuable tool when it comes to not just networking, right? Or, or having some of those connections, but also business development, partnerships, research development, things of that nature. And the reality is that um, I'm getting, I get LinkedIn requests uh, you know, dozens a week. I think um, generally there's probably a few tips that I think a lot of LinkedIn experts would probably tell you. The first thing is that LinkedIn, by its definition, is is trying to kind of uh, really capitalize on the connections that are between us. Like, you know, I guess, I guess, semantically, you might be like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon that all kind of you know link us all together, so to speak, in a professional world. Mm-hmm. And so. I think the first tip that really anybody should probably remember or keep in the back of their minds is you should leverage the connections. That's what LinkedIn was designed to do. So a, a cold LinkedIn request or a cold invitation to connect is really going to be perceived as that, a cold one. If you combine it with some, some kind of, you know, uh, affirmation or a reference of the way that we're connected, you could say, hey, you know, hey, Jonas, uh, this is Joe Smith. I'm buddies with Vincent. I think you did that podcast. It was great. Okay. You just made it personalized. If you don't say anything at all, I'm actually more inclined to ignore it. The um The second thing that I would probably say is that LinkedIn profiles, there's a lot of really great experts out there who can tell, they can teach you how to really create a profile that is going to be self-explanatory, descriptive, really kind of get to the heart of what you or your company do. If it's not, it's really going to be hard pressed for me to accept your request because I, I just don't have time. If I could get a good sense as to like what you do or what you don't do, then I'm more inclined to click the accept button because at least if I'm about halfway there. If you're, if you have a vague description of like what your company does, I'm going to probably be more inclined to say ignore because I can't waste time just learning about what it is that you do, right? So your branding on your LinkedIn presence are very, very important. And then the last thing I would say is that at this point, the more that you are posting, the more content that you're producing, the more that I get a sense as to who you are as a person, right? So I may quickly scan through say AJ's profile and I'll see what he's talking about, or I see who he's connected to. If we have any shared connections, if he's reacting to posts and so on it humanizes aj right it 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 puts a little bit of a digital face to the name otherwise you are basically just pounding the pounding you know pounding the pavement dialing for dollars if you will but if i can get a sense of like who vincent is or who aj is then i'm more inclined to like see the human and the personal side there
2: no i i agree and i uh, I like that you know you leverage the connection and the more vague you're right what it's like hey I'd love to connect well why what do you mean like add something, what do you mean you would love to connect sure i'm sure you would. But <laughs> i'm not going to connect so Jonas this last questions here the personal side right tell us about hobbies what you like to do for fun, you said you play music there, but uh, what else you know we're rooting, you're in uh, the Cleveland area you know, really, it must be diehard Cleveland fans. That's, that's anyone from there loves Cleveland. Uh, well, actually, <laughs> yeah,
1: well, actually, um, I'm originally from New Jersey oh, and is, Yeah. it's very, very dangerous to be me in Cleveland, <laughs> yeah. because I am a, I'm a diehard Yankees fan, for example, and, yeah. uh, I'm, uh, I'm usually the loudest and most obnoxious when the Gar- yeah. Cleveland guardians are playing the Yankees. And, uh, it can be dangerous to wear the wrong colors, right? At a Browns game and things of that nature. So yeah. what, do I, um, what do I like to do for fun? <laughs> I mean, truthfully, I have two young sons and most of my waking life is kind of anchored around really whatever the hell they want to do, right? So, I mean, of course we like to travel and of course my wife and I, uh, we're foodie. So we love trying new restaurants and things of that nature. But from a solo perspective, you know, we're either hanging out with other families who have kids their age or we're doing things that the kids want to do, whether it be going to the park or going to the trampoline zone or whatever.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, for me personally, whenever I do have a little bit of free time to que- squeeze in for myself, I do like to golf. So I try to squeeze in as much as possible. But you can imagine that I'm like relegated to playing nine holes at mm-hmm. 630 in the morning when it's not interfering with me being a good dad. Right. So yeah, I don't get to golf that much. And I'm really not that good.
2: So. I, I, I can relate about, I have two young boys as well. And uh, Tuesday uh, evening, I, I coach my son's little league team. Did, did I play baseball? Yeah, it's all eighth grade, but here I am. I just, so that's what we do now. The last question, Jonas, is from our, uh, from our employees. It's a fun one, if you can have any superpower, <laughs> what would it be, and how would you
1: use it? Oh.
2: your last question—hard-hitting questions here. Hard-hitting,
1: right? I, I, for powers, um, that popping into mind. How about this? I have here. I'll give you three. Um, so the first thing <laughs> is, nice. um, I, I don't know if some of your listeners have, what there was a Netflix series called Black Mirror, and there was one episode in Black Mirror with John Hamm. It was actually a special one, I think, called White Christmas. But John Ham's character was that his job was actually to train what was called a, a cookie, and he would basically extract your whole personality and your brain and put it into like a chip, and then he, he would train the chip to effectively, you know, act as a personal assistant for your home life, running your house and cooking your breakfast and like you know uh, arranging your appointment book. I think that'd be fantastic, right? To have a clone of myself running my my schedule and running my day-to-day. Um, second thing, which, you know, I think you all probably would agree with as well. I mean, a. Vincent, like, who wouldn't want the ability to freeze time, right? Or even go back in time if you can. There's just there's never enough time to do all the things that I feel like I need to do uh, my, in my job or in my home life or being a good dad or on the weekends or taking care of my house. There's, there's never enough time. Uh, and the last thing, uh, this is maybe just because I'm interacting with the two of you guys. And, uh, you know, AJ looks like he has a bit of a poker face, but I'd love to be able to read minds. <laughs> so I um, I, have I, sometimes joked in my career that, like, I actually have had pretty good success selling things to customers or to clients, selling things to my bosses <laughs> or selling things to the executive team, selling things to some, like, to the decision makers. That's a whole different ballgame. So I'd love to be able to just mind read so I can figure out how to do that a little bit better
2: I love it though what a great breakdown to that question Jonas thank you so much for sharing some time with us here at the marketing stir ladies and gentlemen that's Jonas Inc he is the chief operating officer at Laurel Road check out Laurel Road you know key bank but check out Laurel Road I'm Vincent Petrofessa that's poker faced AJ Gupta this has been another episode of the marketing stir thank you so much for listening and we'll talk soon
1: Thanks for listening to the Marketing Stir Podcast by Starista. Please like, rate, and subscribe. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, please email us at themarketingstir at And thanks for listening.